Hello and welcome to the 21st British Football Coaches Network episode of the Developing Your Football World podcast. I'm Matt Ward again and I'm here again today. Well, not again today because he's back from last week. Uh, James McAloon. James, you're here, mate. What, what was you keeping you out of, out of play from the last episode? What have you been up to? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sad to have missed the last episode, but glad to be back with you today, Matt and, and Johnny. Uh, I won't lie, I was having a bit of leisure time. I was out playing my first round of golf in about uh, six months. So um, I made a commitment uh, early in the week and I uh, I'm going to follow through. And so I really enjoyed playing golf, a change of, um, change of scenery from the football. And I'm glad I did. Uh, I actually played well for the, for the first time. I know I've only played twice in a year, but the last time was a bit disappointing. <laughs> so this time I was really happy. I did pretty well and uh, I enjoyed my time out there. So. Yeah, sorry to have missed it. So I thought it best to be like, I could have said I was doing like studying or something, but I thought, no, I'm just going to be honest. I was playing No, golf. exactly, mate. And we should be promoting leisure time as well. We need to be promoting this. It has to be a flexible life. And I just want to know before we, we move on and introduce our guest, uh, did you get any pars? Now, you know, leisure players like ourselves, a par is a great achievement. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did well. I got uh, four pars and... I could have got a, I could have got some more. I, I lipped out for a birdie, and um, if if I had a, any any good with my wedges, I might have been much better. But um, you know, I can't complain. I'm really happy. Got 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 the bug back. I might try and get out again next week. Yeah, there you go, mate. Met, miss some more episodes, and you're gonna get a few <laughs> on <that> scorecard. <laughs> I might be more uh, if I miss a couple more episodes. I might have something to come back with that's interesting to say. So as you said, people don't get bored of me. Hey, we, we, see, we see how that goes, but good to have you here again, James. Thanks, Matt. You're okay. And today joining us, we've got Johnny Pipes. Johnny, at the moment, he's reserve team head coach at Fulham Sports in the Wessex League Division 1. And he's also first team coach for the same club as well. And we're going to be going into some non-league football talk, as well as some educational talk as well. We'll see how that goes. Johnny, welcome to the pod and thank you for joining us, mate. Pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. This morning, it, over the weekend, I was like, I forgot that we were doing this. I woke up this morning, I was like, oh yeah, that's today, isn't it? I was, being, I was in London on Sunday, and we had football, those friendlies I was talking about on Saturday. Uh, it's a good thing you sent that email, otherwise I might have forgot again. That, that's <laughs> I'm good. what happens, a typical busy life of a busy coach. And there we go, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, but I'm glad you remembered, and I'm glad I, I sent out the reminder as well. That's organisation all round from all three of us. <laughs> Johnny, how, how's, how's life back in England uh, down where you are? I know you've been keeping busy and you, you just finished your, your Masters now and you're coaching again. How, how is life in general? Yeah. Um, very busy. Um, so I've got, so I'm doing my Masters with St Mary's in London. And we're going to talk about it a bit more. Um, but I thought I'd just say the names so people can have a look maybe in the meantime. Um, so I've got like six weeks left. I think I've worked out. I was like nearly getting there. Got one more interview left to transcribe from what we were talking about before. Um, managed to get through it just about. Um, it's really hot here at the minute. So we've got training tonight. I'm not sure how the players are going to fare. Um, Saturday, they really struggled. Um, I think there's only a couple of players that could last the whole 90. It was 30 degrees. Or no, 33 degrees even. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, good. You, Very busy working from breaks, home. Split, it, split the house up into thirds. And a few more tactical breaks, as people were calling the water breaks now. And uh, I don't think we, 
well, don't think we had water breaks on the weekend. The ref didn't do them. We had them the week before, but the ref didn't. I don't hey, know. Wessex League, that's what you've got to put up with. Yeah. <laughs> so just it's great yeah. to see that the, the ref was looking out for the player's safety, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, oh. let's drop him in it on this, on this episode. Oh, uh, we're not getting into referee banging, are we? <laughs> no, there, there, there's, there, there's something else with the referee we could have talked about, one of the decisions as well, but we'll, we'll let that slide. Probably dehydrated. <laughs> exactly, mate. That's a, good, that's a good excuse, to be fair. <laughs> so, Johnny, di- diving into our first topic, I'm, I'm really interested about your, your master's degree. So, uh, correct me if, if this is incorrect. Your master's degree now is in performance football coaching? Yeah. And that's at St Mary's University. Can you just go through some of the, uh, the the topics you've been covering and obviously this is leading on from your your honours degree uh, in sports studies what what you've already done so can you just uh, let everyone know the kind of things you've been covering and you know how you've been putting it into practice in your actual coaching in real life as well yeah so so the masters is like super specific to football everything's about football um but coaching in specifically, obviously with my first degree, with it just being like a football studies degree, it was kind of like coaching, analysis, fitness, psychology. So you kind of like did everything. Um, but for me, I've only really been interested in like coaching specifically. So a lot of that stuff wasn't as relevant to me or kind of like what I was like interested in, interested in and such. Um, so when I had a look at this, it seemed a lot more kind of what I wanted to go down. I actually had to like look at some of my work from last year to remember what the modules were because the first year was so like crammed compared to this year with like the final projects and stuff. So what we looked at is we've had a module on coaching cultures, which is really good. I enjoyed. Um, it's kind of looking at the actual like environment that you're coaching in. So like everything around it. So like the club, the owners, the other coaches, how you kind of like interact with those and that how that can affect um, basically how you coach or the way you coach or what you need to do, essentially. Um, we've also had an analysis module, which was good. Um, we've also had, uh, during lockdown, I've had to do a presentation on, um, basically on feedback, how you actually give feedback to your players or team. And that presentation, um, obviously because it's distance learning, I'm doing work in a group in, during a lockdown and the people in my group one of them lives in South Korea and one of them lives in Malta so we're working with crazy time schedules of trying to work out when we can have a call to discuss what we're doing um, actually recording the presentation sending it to each other to then edit um, so it's been a bit of a struggle at times um, it's been really interactive and it, it sounds like as well yeah yeah they do everything super interactive even though we're not going to lessons all the lectures are like pre-recorded whether it be a video or voice recorded they also give us like a lot of podcasts to listen to as well like even stuff outside of football so yeah. just give us like general sports stuff um we've also had modules on skill acquisition which is one of the most recent ones um one we had earlier last year was kind of looking at and putting together like a personal development plan so like thinking ahead what you're doing currently where how you got to where you are and like what what you want to do how you can get there like kind of what you need to do whether it be qualification wise um getting better experience stuff like that and then we also had some other stuff like um final projects which is independent which is the last thing i'm working on now and kind of 
the research proposal before that as well, which we had at the end of the first year. So yeah, it's been really broad, been all sorts of different things, which is I think why I've kind of enjoyed it so much because from like my previous degree and like even other coaching qualifications, it's gone so much more in depth yeah, in so coaching just, and kind of like different nuances. Just from what 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 you mentioned there, and, and obviously you was just given a, a very brief overview of some of the modules, some of the content. And the first one you said, coaching cultures yes. and, and philosophies. Now, it, it sounds like it is actually going in more in depth to things that potentially you don't really get on your course level two, your B license, and even your A license, where on, on the courses, the, the, the tutors, the coach educators, they, they have their framework, what they've got to deliver. And they can't really be sidetracked too much. James, you you'll know better because you're, you're a coach educator yourself, but they can't be sidetracked too much. And sometimes the coaches are sat there, because I remember the same feeling when I was on my B licence, then being a coach, then I was on my A licence, and I'm waiting, I'm thinking, when are they going to start talking more relatable or re relatability to what it's actually like when you are coaching in that environment? So talking and discussing the different cultures and philosophies of coaching it's kind of really putting in the more detail which possibly some federations coaching courses are missing out. Now, I know, I know, I think uh, in Australia, uh, for my B license, we did a, we did a, a team talk and it was like a mock-up team talk, but we touched on that and it was very, very quick. It was like 20 minutes and everyone was all nervous. They didn't really know what to do and it wasn't really explained. And, uh, not knocking all of the tutors there, some very good ones, but some of the tutors hadn't really been, as a coach, given a team talk either, so they couldn't really give any good feedback or pointers. So this is really good theory to know to put next to other FA courses or Asian courses or wherever you're doing your UEFA courses. Because just going off a little bit off topic, but you did your UEFA B in, um, in Germany. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you, last January. Yeah. Yeah. In, so how do you feel uh, this has then complemented your your UEFA B from Germany? Um. So in terms of that, I think even then comparing that to like the English kind of courses, I've done like the FA Level Two, like futsal and football. Um, like the way that they like look at the game, they're really different. So their so their UEFA B is quite well. The one that I did is quite. Uh, broad in terms of like the age groups you look at it's not just adults it's not just youth they kind of look at how you would coach across all these different kind of ages uh -huh. and then once from that knowledge and then kind of looking at what I've done in my masters the masters I kind of think puts you in the position where you're kind of actually transferring into the world of where you're in being a coach because I feel from my experience anyway most like coaching courses um kind of like how you coach and they're like trying to tell you how to coach and um, maybe this is how you coach this age, this is how you coach this age. But then like you were just saying, looking at cultures, for example, coaching cultures, like you never never touch on stuff like that. Um, you never really touch on ways that you give feedback to the players, like in detail in terms of like how you give like video feedback, analysis, um, team talks, even like one-to-ones. They never like go super in-depth. That's kind of like why I've always felt when I talk to people and say this masters is like the best like course I've done because it's the most real world kind of like learning experience I feel for example uh, uh, Johnny uh, just 
I think you might have already said this. Sorry for missing. What's the name of the course that you did at St Mary's? Um, so it's called Performance Football Coaching, and it's distance learning. Oh, okay. Okay. Since so I know a lot of people are going to want to have a look at it, um, like myself, I'm going to have a look as well. It sounds sounds like there's lots of interesting stuff there. Uh, one question about the feedback you've mentioned about yeah on the course. Not to give too much away, because obviously people might want yeah. to do it. But, um, no, to, to give us give us some pointers. How did they uh, did they give you? various ways of you know how you should give feedback or was it a you should give feedback like this or did they give you some like, kind of ideas on different ways and and if so what do you, what do you think was the best way that came out of it and how is it have you adapted it into your coaching um so i'd say for me personally feedback's probably maybe my biggest thing that i need to improve on in terms of like team talks for example um but in terms of on the course i think whenever you're looking over a topic they normally kind of give you an overview of like the different areas. They don't focus on one kind of too much. So they'll okay. look at like um, video feedback, um, like spoken feedback, whether it be like players doing it themselves and giving feedback to the team, for example. Um, and then it's kind of up to you to look at what you find the most interesting or what you think is the most valuable or what you think there's the most like space in from what you've learned so far and then kind of going into it with your presentation. Um, I think with our presentation, again, we kind of like looked at everything. We didn't focus on one too much. Um, we looked at some Manchester City um, like Academy analysis videos in terms of like visual feedback, like video stuff. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, I think that's another reason why I like, like the course so much because they kind of like give you the freedom. It's not like this is what you're doing. You've got to look at this one theory or one idea kind of thing. They kind of like give you the scope to like look at different stuff. Um, but in terms of me, yeah, I think like feedback's probably the thing I need to improve most on because um, like in terms of um, like team talks, whether it be at halftime or after a game, I think I can go into like a lot more detail um, rather than just like a few points and look, looking at like the main aspects of like a team performance. Maybe there's other ways that I can kind of go into speaking to like players individually, whether it be at the side. And then also I think with like the environment I'm in, like technology wise, if I had like the use of video and stuff, I'd probably implement videos. Um, but obviously normally with facilities where I can't really have like a presentation behind me. So um, it's not yeah, always as easy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. So it's just really interesting. It's like I, when I asked the question, I, it's interesting Like you spoke about the video feedback, you spoke about different types of kind of using technology, uh, which is, yeah, it's fantastic. Obviously in, some coaching courses you do go into some details some you don't i would just i thought <clears throat> the actual quote what i thought might have come out of your course was was there a, a special way to give verbal feedback feedback did they give you any pointers or hints oh you should give verbal feedback like this because i know there'll be a lot of coaches out there thinking okay how, you know how could i improve as you said your verbal feedback to get more out of your players be that half time in training or before a game yeah um i don't think so no they've not kind of given us well, from my memory anyway it was quite a while ago we did like that unit um it, again it's, they're not like this is how we want you to coach everything's kind of you learn at your own pace and for example something might work well for me i'm quite a um like laid back calm kind of person so being like loud shouty over the top direct probably for yeah. me might not be the best style and i'm like quite like humorous and stuff whereas some of the other coaches on the course that might like work perfectly 
that it's kind of like, mm. even if it might not work for you, if you're looking at research in journals, for example, there might be like aspects of it which might work for you or might you might be able to understand why things that I'm doing currently aren't really working with the players. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, sorry, this might be a stupid question. <laughs> Apologise if it is. Doing the, uh, the UEFA B in um, Germany, was it in German or was it in English or was it a bit of both? Or? In English, well, yeah, so it's in English. Um, so it's, it must, must be like the only one or one of the few which is done in English in Germany. It was like an international That's interesting, like, um, that's really cool. But, um, some, so like the, the uh, coaches who are like running it, um, obviously they're all German. They, ha they speak like differing levels of English. Some of them really do. Yeah. Some of them are kind of like need a bit of help for lots of the other guys. Um, but when like the um, main instructor is quite a like stereotypical, how you picture a German coach kind of guy. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. Um, no face expression. Um, he's really nice. I spoke to him quite a bit, like after the course and like towards yeah. the end. But um, when he first <laughs> came in and started watching people's sessions, he'd be there with his like clipboard, just stood there, no expression. And then he'd like, <laughs> you'd finish and he'd start talking to the other guy next to him in like just German. You'd be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, destroying everything the first person he destroyed i think oh, so, like, kind of like yeah. set a pres president a little bit to kind yeah, of yeah. show like i'm like the person <laughs> but that's really cool because getting that uh you know getting that different kind of overview uh you know get going and doing you as you say matt uh doing your a for b in scotland wales ireland or england and then going and doing it in germany or spain you're actually probably going to learn something completely different or a different outlook or a different overview so it might be really interesting for some coaches even though you might have a UEFA B in England to go and do it in Germany and the fact that it's available in English and I didn't know that and I'm sure a lot of coaches wouldn't have known that that would, that would be a really I would say again another valuable learning experience yeah, yeah. Like even like even even like um outside the course there's like coaches most coaches were like American or Canadian because that's where like the company who like organized it from but then you have loads right. of then you have loads of um what else is there as well i'm trying to think there's like five coaches who work in asia but they're like portuguese yeah. um dutch people from all over the place there's an english guy who lives in switzerland there's an english guy who lives in qatar there's an american guy who lives in southampton where i am in england who i'd never met before yeah. so there's like people all over the place and then um in the evenings we do like tasks on our own and just like make like tactical video kind of games where you just literally have formations on the screen and then just like talk through formation, what you play, what you do in like different scenarios, just like stuff like that. So even outside the course, you like, feel like you'd learn so much more by being yeah, with dope, yeah, people who are also. just from England, like the same kind of background. Yeah. 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 And was it, a, was it a, what, what do you call it? A, a course that is, what do you want? The one that's together, the one that's all, all in one yeah. intensive yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was like three weeks long. I think it's three weeks long or just at three and a half weeks. You're opening up the doors to coaches out there. So anybody who can't get on a UA for being England, Germany, international, three weeks, off you go. Well, well, I, yeah. I, I, think, uh, I think they're going to be very few and far between now. And I think old uh, Mr. Pipes here has been very, very fortunate on, uh, on getting himself onto one. And uh, if there is a secret way out to get on them, I'm sure he's keeping it very close to his chest. No. Uh, just in <laughs> case. Got to, well, my, my secret is you've got to look every single day. Literally every single day. <laughs> that's, that's what I did on Google. 
trying to find keep, stuff. Keep keep an eye out for the next German A license in English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, traveling might be a problem. Just to finish off on on that topic, I mean. There's always two sides to this conversation. You, you may hear some people, and look, there's no right or wrong answer like, like in most things in, in football. There, there are those that would rather spend their money because it's not cheap on just pure football-specific qualifications, such as them from the governing bodies, the FAs, uh, because they think that that's what they need for their coaching. But then there's others who are kind of more academic and believe that they can get a little bit more extra theory behind and reasoning and rationale why they are doing something. And that's the whole point of kind of degrees and master's degree. It's giving you more depth of knowledge. Now, I know, again, everyone has their own, uh, their own opinions on education and, and, and studying and students and, and whatnot. But at the same time, uh, I was a mature student, so I was there as an adult and I was just in pure learn mode and I absolutely loved it. The amount of learning I actually took on board and made use of, even to this day, is, is massive. And I think, uh, you know, if there are a few more mature coaches out there who want to dip back into education or, or maybe start education, it's never too late because what you're doing is, as Johnny's already explained, you're, you're building up your actual understanding of your profession. You're becoming more of a professional at your profession and now that's how to improve yourself and make you better i mean even guardiola you're not telling me guardiola doesn't go around studying not only languages but actually his profession and things what aren't directly involved in coaching but it may be leadership he may have read uh, uh, the guy from tesla uh, I, I forgot his name right now uh, elon musk yes elon musk he, he may have Please. read his autobiography <laughs> oh, right? <laughs> well, what, what an innovator he is, you know, so there's so much learning or so much to be said for extra learning. And, you know, if you've got the availability, the funds and, and whatever and, and spare time, this master's degree would be really ideal. And, uh, yeah, even if you think you're not a learner, get stuck into it and you'll soon find out or you may pleasantly surprise yourself that you, you are pretty good at learning and, and taking on more, more knowledge. Uh, I think I think this one as well because it's distance learning. If you're like older, it's definitely better as well. Yeah. Um, even for me, because um, I I got offered um, a place at UCFB as well, the one that's in Manchester. Okay. Um, but I was kind of like, if I go there, I've got to find another job. I've got to do all this stuff and like basically just change what I'm doing with life. Whereas with this distance learning, I'll be able to stay here, carry on working. So it's kind of good if you're not like that flexible, but you want to be able to like get some kind of master's qualification if you're in like that position. And, and moving on to where you are now currently in, in your life. So we're going to move on to uh, Fulham Sports, who are playing in the Wessex League Division 1. Now, I believe that's around step six of the non-league pyramid. Now, for those who, who are kind of down on their look and they're never going to get an opportunity and whatnot, you know, at step six, you're only a few steps away where you start getting into the real tasty part of non-league football. So, you know, the opportunities out there, what other people may look on and frown upon because it's Premier League or Division One of the Counties League. For example, uh, one of my local teams I used to play for, Sleaford Town, was in the United Counties League. But Premier Division, you get promoted. You start going up towards Lincoln United and Gainsborough Trinity and, and Boston United and, and whatnot. 
so you know the the non-league pyramid is really exciting and 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 one johnny that you're involved in now so at the moment uh, you're the head coach of the reserve team and you're also involved in the first team which sounds like it's a great opportunity to link your expertise and experience and help guide through players and promote them from reserves into the first team so how, how's the role going and how are you enjoying it it's good so i think i started like right at the end of june um so it's been a bit of a learning process but i've also feel like i've got quite comfortable in it now so yeah um heading up the reserves where it's kind of also working as like a bit of a pathway for the under 18 players i think we've had like five under 18 players training with the reserves so far um and they played in I think four, maybe four of them played in the first friendly we had. And then one of them played last week, but they had a game in the morning. So a lot of them weren't around. Um, and then, yeah, so I'm basically heading up the coaching in terms of designing all the sessions um, on the match day in terms of helping with the manager with who's playing with the team. We kind of like discuss between us who's actually going to be playing. Um, and then the minute it looks like I'm going to be doing all the team talks and stuff so I can work on my feedback like we were talking about. Um, but then with that as well, because it's the reserves, the first team, there's quite a lot of players at the minute. So there's some first team players coming in and out in the reserves quite a lot. We're having like a couple in our reserve matches and in training. So I'm kind of having to like make everything challenging enough and it kind of like works across the under 18 and then into reserve level and then the first team players as well, which at times can be difficult to kind of make sure you've got the balance because you've got a lot of players with different abilities and kind of like different like desires as well at the same time and kind of like what they want out of it. Some players are like happy in the reserves because maybe maybe in their head they feel like this is their level at the minute. But then you've got players who are like really ambitious and they want to get into like the first as soon as possible. And then in terms of like the first team, um, I kind of help on at training on the days that reserve team don't have training. At the minute reserves are training one day a week, first team two days a week. So on the other day, I'm going in and training with the first team. And then, again, similar for matches, it kind of, it's going to kind of depend, I think, what days the first and reserves have games. Because some of them at the minute have been the same time, same day. So obviously I can't go and do both. So the reserves need me. Um, but on days where it's not the same, I'll go and help with the reserve t uh, first team out alongside so, the manager. So, the so just going, go, coming back to this, this kind of links in what we've already mentioned to me and, and James, I don't know, you, you, you probably got this in your head to ask, and I'm, uh, I apologise if you have, because uh, great minds... Well, you crack on, mate. <laughs> but, but uh, Johnny, already that, you know, this role shouldn't be underrated, because what a difficult job that is to deal with and manage the different personnel made up out of under-18s what are coming through, Reserve team players, as you said, with the different personalities. Some are happy, some want to push on. And then you've got the first team players dropping down, whether it be to get fitness, whether it be because they've been left out and haven't had any, any, any games for a few weeks. And you've yeah. got all them together to manage, all with different personalities, because everyone's different, but also own, all with their own kind of motivational levels and needs and wants and desires. And that's possibly harder than you know some of the main first team roles as well yeah another thing within that as well is even though the first team players are coming down you also you have to one of the main things really is taking into consideration what the first team manager actually wants for them 
because for each time they come down for like a game, whichever players we get, it'll be like, this player needs to play roughly this long in this position. But then maybe we've already got a team planned of the reserve players that we want who are doing well, or maybe someone that we want to see. Because at the start of the season, there's a lot of new, there's still one or two new people like trialing as well. People that we want to like see. So kind of like keeping everyone happy and also sticking along what we're, what the reserve team's like point and focuses, if that makes sense, like is quite difficult. But I think I've kind of like around now kind of got used to most of the individuals like in the club and kind of used to how people work, who needs speaking to and like what kind of work, this kind of way, this person needs speaking to in this kind of way and like who I can kind of be myself with, who maybe I need to kind of like act up to a little bit just because my personality is this way, but they kind of like this kind of person. So I need to be a little bit different. So yeah, it's kind of like helped me learn and again, put into perspective some of the stuff from my masters. Um, like one of the things that I looked at on my masters was um, basically put in like a, it's called like surface acting, where essentially you like, you're, you, you know who you are as a coach and like how you coach, but say you're getting these new players, these first team players who have been playing this level for like 10 years, they're going to be looking at you in like a certain way um, or questioning your ability because again, I'm only 28. A lot of the players are similar age to me. So they might be thinking, oh, can you play football? Does he know football? Where you've then got kind of like surface acts to kind of put on like this demeanor that's maybe like a little bit, a few years ahead of like what you actually are, if that makes sense. So yeah, it's been good learning experience so easily, even in just like a month and a half, however long it's been. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Johnny, interesting you're talking about the, the different... Uh, being a reserve team coach, is, as Matt said, is very difficult. Who do you find um, more difficult to coach? Like, you've got your young lads here, probably 17, 16, 17, 18, 19, coming in. Um, as you said, they're probably... Some of them are aspiring to get to the first team. Some of them are aspiring to, to get on. And then, as Matt said, you've got the, the 36, 37-year-olds like me and Matt who are... <laughs> been playing, oh, none of them are that old. We're dropping down, still thinking we can play a bit, and obviously we still can, as Matt knows. <laughs> but um, <laughs> when you try to blend them in together, that's and I remember you know, you've got the the nineteen year old trying to blend in with the, yes. with the older lads. Yeah. How does like how do you, how do you, would you recommend? Um, the best, not the best way to manage them. Any tips on how to manage that? Because that's quite a very difficult integration aspect. Yeah, and you mentioned it yourself. Yeah, you know, you sorry, sorry, just to you've got the nineteen-year-old who wants to play, but he's obviously going to get bombed because the first team is coming down. That's really that's you know, how do you manage it? That's probably actually been one of the like most tricky things so far. Um, mm. But also at the same time, we do have like a seventeen-year-old who's playing with the first team. So it's kind of, but also if they are good enough and showing the right attitude and doing well enough, they do get the chance. But in terms of what you just asked about, um, I think for me, you would kind of need to work out the personality of the players and kind of like match them with, or put them on a team in training. Oops, sorry, I just clicked off the screen. Uh, put them with like a team in training, for example, with players of like a similar personality because we've got a, a really wide mix of people. We've got some players who they don't care what age you are. Um, you need to be putting the shift in and playing yeah. to the standard that the team plays at. And if you're not, you're going to get told about it. And then we've also got players who are like, they can understand that if maybe 
like one of the like 17 year olds, 16 year olds, they can understand that they're maybe not physically at that level yet. So I think mm-hmm. like to kind of manage it, if you do have players like that, you need to kind of make sure that they're on a, not on a team or working with someone who's going to be too demanding of them. Because otherwise, that's what could potentially stop them playing football. If, if, imagine if you're like, I don't know, 16, 17 year old and you're quite like, not as physical as everyone else, you're quite like shy and quiet. And then you're getting put with a centre midfielder who goes in to every 30, 70 tackle. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's not going to be like beneficial for them. It's it's so it's such an interesting balance, as you say. You want to keep the, the the young players so that they feel comfortable and interested, but it's equally important that you don't. I assume, in, in my opinion, I'm sure if you, if you agree or not, that not to give them too much of an easy ride. Because that means they'll never they'll never be able to step up to the level. Um, yeah, even like if they do something wrong, maybe for example, in my head, I'm kind of like, yeah, I understand why they made the mistake. I saw where the mistake come from. But then at the same time, out loud, the other player, some of the other players might be like, what are you doing kind of thing? And in my head, I'm kind of like, yeah, telling him, saying, saying that to him is probably not going to help his confidence. But at the same time, this is kind of like what he wants to, where he wants to be at. So like letting like some of it go, I think, is beneficial in terms of like opening them up to like what that level is actually like. If they want to be training within that environment, as well as like their under 18 team. And the seventeen-year-old who's playing in the first, what qualities does he have that makes it so he's? Been, is it is it talent? Is it so? Um, I actually trained. It? I actually coached him a few years ago. Um, he co- he played. Well, I used to coach Eastley under 16s He played for like the other under sixteen team, but he played for us like a handful of time, handful mm. of times, and came to training a few times. Ring and up. then he's now he's got like a scholarship at Eastley, and he's okay. playing with his first team. Um, He's rapid. He's a plays right midfield most of the time. He's rapid, um, quite strong for his age. I think he scored two goals in his first friendly game. There you go. Um, Instant yeah. hit. Yeah, and he like he's got he's got like the desire. Like he really wants it. Even he's like demanding of like players in their twenties mm-hmm. who aren't like playing well in training. So, Fantastic. yeah, awesome. great experience. Yeah. So, Johnny, just you, you mentioned uh, Eastleigh under-16s there. So, you, you've also got a fair amount of experience behind you uh, coaching in, in the youth game as well. So, how, how have you found the kind of transition from youth to now senior football? I know you're still doing some youth coaching, but have there been any kind of challenges in that transition? Or are you still finding that, uh, you know, some skills are, are helping you in regards to transferable skills and and you're taking parts from each role and, and learning from each other? Um, it's definitely different. Um, I think the main thing being where senior football is more results driven. You have to kind of take everything, wouldn't say, want to say seriously, but obviously I take all coaching seriously, but in terms of um, making your coaching in a way that you're gearing uh, the training sessions towards performance, rather than the development of the players. For example, with like that under-16 team, we was in a really hard league as well. Um, we basically got moved up a league right before the start of the season. So we were playing teams like they were a lot better than us. So in my head, it was kind of like, if, I go, if I'm aiming to try and win every single game, that's probably not realistic. So I need to kind of focus on 
them enjoying it and developing and then hopefully getting players into the scholarship, which was kind of like the main thing to make sure that the ones who were good enough kind of like progressed. Whereas then with this, um, it's kind of, I've got to be more serious and focused towards making sure we're making players progress through who are then good enough to play for the first team and helping the first team players out who are already there. And just kind of, yeah, it's kind of like being two different coaches, really, when you think about it. Because then, then I don't think they're like that similar at all. Um, even in being myself as a person, I can kind of be myself to an extent working with the first team in terms of like being jovial and humorous. But then it comes to a stage, like I was saying, where players perceive you in a certain way and they're like fully grown adults. So they've got like a fully formed view of you. So you kind of like need to make sure all the your behaviours that you're putting on and perceiving, that you're kind of like accountable for it. If that makes sense. Idiot. Whereas with like the six, 16 year olds, I can kind of like be myself. They're young. I can just like mess, mess around with them all the time and they'll still kind of like listen to me and like take me seriously in terms of like how I'm coaching them. Yeah, absolutely. We, we was talking with Hannah, Hannah Dingley, uh, the academy manager at Forest Green Rovers. And, and she basically started much of her coaching with uh, non-league men's football. And uh, yeah. she, she basically said, if, if you can motivate a, a group of grown men who have just had a hard day at work or a, a lazy day at work. Yeah, I saw in, that, yeah. <laughs> in, uh, in, in, into training, then, uh, you know, you've you got, a, a, you got a lot going for you. So, yeah, you, you got that to look forward to as well. And, and what you said makes perfect sense. And uh, it's all about wearing many hats. Every, everyone says this, you've got to be able to wear many hats. And there's a lot of coaches out there who are working with, senior teams that kind of non-league but also with pro club academies and and they've got to do the same and be adaptable and if anything that's going to be a huge 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 benefit for yourself not just now but also in the future as well yeah i think i think like with that if i like stick with it for a period of time it's something that's like it's going to come like gradually it's not going to happen like straight away i kind of like need to be around those kind of like characters and people to kind of like understand like fully how they kind of work <laughs> like within like their heads and like with how they think about you, like how they perceive you. So, yeah. <laughs> You've also got to wear many different t-shirts, Matt. You can't just change the hat. You know, you've got to get a new t-shirt. I've got a vest on. <laughs> no, no, but every time you go to your session, you've got to have yeah. a new t-shirt ready. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny's I suppose you've got a vest on because it's 35 degrees. <laughs> Yeah, can't even open the doors or windows because all my housemates are being loud. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. A, a life as a, a soon to not be a student football coach uh, in southern England with the heat, uh, wearing a yeah. vest but needs to wear many hats and t-shirts. Uh, yeah, James, I actually got been... asked. The, the keeper on the weekend asked if I've got a hat because it was so sunny. I was like, Why do I have a hat on you? You're the goalkeeper. Bring, bring <laughs> a hat with you. Yeah, the, goal, the goalkeeper came to you and said, oh, oh, Johnny, have you got any hats on you, mate? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cheeky <laughs> devil. You'll have to me message him next weekend and say, Don't forget your hat. But you <laughs> might need a beanie next weekend, you know, at like, the weather. Yeah, it might do. Hat. Yeah, rain's coming in, to be fair. Yeah, uh, I, I, I did have one. Oh, Matt, have you got any? Have you got like a knee brace or anything? Like, no, not on me, mate. I haven't got any <laughs> knee braces on me right now. Uh, if you possibly let us know at training, we could have sorted you on out before the game. <laughs> <laughs> a full knee brace? What's it going? 
Anything to finish uh, off on, mate? <laughs> yeah, I had a quick. It's about the results-driven aspect. Uh, what I want. It's interesting. We were again. I was actually thinking the same thing about the conversation we had with um, with Hannah uh, last week. Or yeah, it was it was last week. Yeah. Is there um, is there a Folland Folland FC? Is there yeah. a philosophy that comes down from the board or the head coach? Uh, an idea of how you want to play. And because, and the reason behind the question is, we were talking about the kind of the development, you know, how do youth football coaching fits in with a senior game? Because there is a, a tendency in non-league senior football that, to play a certain way, get the job done, um, which probably doesn't really um, sway towards young footballers making it up or, or, or getting into a chance in, in non-league first team or reserve team football. Is there anything yeah. at your club? Is there any kind of idea we want to play this way? You should play like this way in the reserves as well. Um, so I think a couple of years ago, the first team got relegated from the higher division. So at the minute, the main focus is just to get promoted again. And yeah. I think with the manager as well, he likes it like quite basic. <laughs> um, but in terms of in terms of like playing out the back, if you can play out the back, he doesn't mind if you play out the back. But it's kind of like, what's the correct decision in the moment of the game? If, if the correct decision at the time is diagonal long ball, because it's on and we can do it, then we'll do it kind of thing. Um, Nothing wrong with that. And then in terms of like it following through, I said he'd like the reserves to kind of play the same kind of way. But at the same time, at times, we're quite limited with the like positions we have about the actual players. So... Mm. We might not be able to do four four two all the time. In preseason, we've kind of, we've done four two three one. We've done four four two. After the game on the weekend, we discussed maybe a three five two with the players we've got available. So again, it's quite like really um, dependent um, on like who we've got. Um, and I think as well because where we're also bringing like the under 18s through. And I said it again, it's with the younger ages, it shouldn't be as results driven. Obviously, we're trying to aim towards the first team, so that will be there. We also want to develop the younger ones. So that might be where we want to try and play different styles of football rather than just this specific one. Because they might not be necessarily um, wanting to stay there for their whole career. Or maybe at some point it might be deemed they're maybe not good enough for this first team. But at least we can train them in like other ways. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I, I kind of have a similar view to the first team manager. In, but at the same time, I think like the Real Madrid... Uh, game the other night kind of showed where they're just trying to play out the back all the time and they kind of like lost the game just by being so fixated on this idea of just passing out the back when there's other better options on like play quick forward when you can so yeah that's kind of like my view on it I think as well yeah absolutely it's good yes I, I, would, I would agree it's a good philosophy to have you, you don't have to stick with one thing not no. to get too much into tactics you know, yeah, yeah. I know um, it's, it, that's for another day <laughs> But if you do need a do need a couple of centre backs, me and Matt are probably available for the start yeah. of January. January. Start up on your reserves. My my days are yeah, wrapped up in reserves. Yeah. Everyone's wearing a, a bin bag around them. I'm, thinking, what? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my mate. We've just had a few beers the night before. I'm thinking, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> bin bags around us and stuff. What's going on? And then, we might like it in the Wessex League. I've had a little look at the at the home ground. The, the grass looks flat. Looks the like pitch, looks the right. pitch is really yeah. nice, like really yeah, nice. nice. They're just getting like the dugout, uh, not dugout, the what do you call it? The lights done up as well with it last week, I think. Lights, all they're all yeah. getting ready to go. Looks like decent, Nick. 
Yeah, it's good. I think they've just painted the changing rooms, not the away yeah. one. They've done, they've done the home one. No, leave that, leave that, leave that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I said we should paint it like black or something. <laughs> paint it black and take all the light bulbs out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, John, Johnny, it sounds like, you know, you've you got a lot going on and uh, it's really interesting to see kind of what, what the work you're putting into yourself, but also the opportunities you're working hard to get. And, and for me, just from this chat, I'm, I'm now going to go away and look at master's degrees. Uh, I mean, why not? Before we die, why, sh why shouldn't we get as much as we can in life and then do the best we can? And, you know, who knows what, what, where, where that can take you. So it, it's inspired me for, for sure. And uh, it's really interesting to hear about the setup and non-league setup as well uh, in the old Wessex League Division 1. And it just shows if you matter work, you've still got to put in at all the different levels if you want to get somewhere and achieve something and I think you're in a really great position now to do that and it's been really good talking to you mate and thank you for your time for coming on. Thank you for joining us for what was another great episode of the Developing Your Football World podcast. Hope you got a lot of info which you can use in your life and make sure you subscribe so you get alerted when new episodes are live. Take care, stay strong.